Aloha and welcome to the one within all. My name is Chance and the vibration crashing into your ear holes at this exact moment is Interverse Podcast. Today I am happy to announce the return of Linda Clay, uplifter of humanity, who helps people find their life paths through her guidance and mentorship. In her last appearance back on episode nine of season three, we spoke about our synchronistic meeting on a plane from San Francisco to Phoenix, Linda's background and personal trials that led to her growth and conscious perspective, and some interesting anecdotes about getting direct experiential evidence of supernatural presences of loved ones who have passed away. I have no idea what we'll talk about today, but I do know that both of us are extremely interested in answering that big old question of life, which is, how do I change so that I spend my time creating what I dream instead of just surviving through mild to extreme nightmare scenarios? (laughs) That's a huge question to tackle, so I'll put it aside for now and just give you a big thanks for taking the time out to come back to the show, Linda, and I hope the listening audience will join me in sending out a heartfelt welcome back in your direction. Oh, I'm so excited to be here, Chance. Really, really excited. I enjoyed the last podcast tremendously. Yeah, I feel like it was like uh, like most of the other shows, it just turns out to be the perfect thing at the perfect time, and uh, listeners told me that they gained a lot of good perspective out of that as well. So uh, especially some of the, you know, the dark night of the soul stuff that (laughs) the Phoenix rising from the ashes stuff, even (laughs) uh, appropriate, I guess. I didn't even think about the symbolism, but we met on a plane to Phoenix and that was kind of like the theme of what we talked about. That's right. That's right. Yeah, that's true. We did. But you wanted me to yeah, spur you off with a question. So I'm going to steal something that my friend Brandon from The Positive Head likes to ask people on his show, which is you're in an elevator, 10 floors to go with somebody, and they ask you, what is your reason for existing on Earth? Oh, boy. <laughs> That's a deep one to start a conversation. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, it's interesting because I had this conversation yesterday with someone and um, we were just, we were talking and I was sharing a little bit um, about my story, about how, you know, my age. And I realized in that conversation from some of the things that she said that my existence or, and it goes with your question, is that I I really fully believe I was placed on this earth to go through the trials that we've talked about to bring me to this point so that I can help other people get through their trials and tribulations and understand that no matter what is thrown at you, you can survive and you'll get through it. And when you get to the other side, you're a much, much better and stronger person than you were before. And it's the only explanation that I can really logically come up with to explain all the stuff that I've gone through in my life. Well, I don't know if we, honestly, I think some of the stuff that we get put through is that necessary component for growth and fuel, but I don't like to look at things as all one way. And I actually Mm -hmm. think that a lot of the trauma that people end up being subjected to, especially in childhood is totally unnecessary. Like it might add to their, it might be fuel for their fire to grow certainly. And we develop some of the most bright people uh, through people's experiences of hardship. A lot Mm -hmm. of, very heroic individuals come out of those type of things. But there's maybe just as many or maybe more people that wind up with this shattered, broken attitude of, I can't survive this next thing. And, you know, what I've learned about how like being actually hurt versus just being sort of uh, 
slowed down or having to reanalyze an attachment and let go of it. The, the real getting hurt happens when you're super afraid of something and you try to control it. But there are, of course, those aspects of life that just come out of left field, like sudden deaths and car accidents. Mm-hmm. So um, I like to think of it as a mixed bag, though. I think that we can change the way that we interact with each other and uplift humanity to a point where some of the self-inflicted trauma can be more or less eliminated from being passed on gener- generationally as uh-huh. it tends to be and just, you know, start working on solving the problems of what's causing the other types of trauma, like figuring out a way to not have horrific car accidents, you know, things right, like that. Right. No, and you can't, you can't stop those, un- those unfortunate chance things that, that happen, um, unfortunately. But I haven't really experienced childhood trauma devastation, you know, the real devastation of abuse or anything like that. My dad was an alcoholic, which does affect a person, but not, I would imagine, I can only imagine what it would be like if I was in, had been in an abusive home. Really, when I look at things, though, it's, it's how we handle those things later in life. When you're a child, you have no control over what adults do. And unfortunately, some adults are not good people. Um, I don't like to say that. I do have a belief that everybody has good in them. Um, but there are people out there that can't find that good again, if that makes sense. Um, but it's what you do with everything with your, with your life, with the sadness, with the pain. How you come out of that is so important. I have someone that I've been working with through just through my Facebook group that I have. And she um, had a terrible bullying childhood because she has a disability. Um, it's There's a name for it and I couldn't even tell you what it is, but it, it has affected how she looks. And so she was really bullied and teased her entire life. And so she joined my Facebook group and she was telling me about her dreams and I'm going, okay, so Let's talk about those. Let's put them into action. But Chance, working with her through just that medium, she's developing the dream that she wants. She's learning to have self-confidence. She's learning to believe in herself. You know, and so, and to me, when I look at her and I talk to her, she's this beautiful individual that people only see the outer appearance because that's where her disability or her disfiguration is. And so they judge her by that. And so she's learning to grow from within. And that's so when I say the things that I've gone through have made me grow from within to being able to serve her in a way to make her blossom. Does that make sense? It totally makes sense. It's, you know, uh, my friend Karen has a saying, I haven't walked in your moccasins, but I know a little bit about what makes your feet hurt. I like that Uh saying. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And that's why actually one of the greatest reasons to have someone like you on the podcast more than once, especially is that Mm -hmm. I think that anyone listening right now, you're part of a small group of people uh, that is actually capable of transmuting your own personal shadow into something that can help others grow and experience life to the fullest. And you know, there's only so much that you can do, Linda. There's only so many people that you can work with in a day. There's probably been times in the past where you had a few too many people to help on your plate and it got difficult. And, or maybe one person didn't quite get the amount of attention. I, although with you, I, I doubt that's true. I'm sure that you 
somehow find a way to, uh, <laughs> to help everybody because you're like a superhero in my book. But my point is, is that you're, you're all listening here, like capable of becoming this type of teacher and helping other people in your network in the same way. And even if you haven't got yourself figured out yet in terms of like where you want to go, what you want to do, fulfilling your own personal dream, you teach best what you need to learn yourself. So if you actually, if that's what your emphasis is and your focus is, is helping other people find these find tools or just support for the manifestation of their dreams, then that's only going to send that exact type of help your way because the universe is a big mirror system that boomerangs right. your energy right back to you. I think it's uh, it's really interesting because I spent last weekend was my husband's birthday weekend and now he's been gone for this will be like twenty years this year and and so you know I I will talk to people that have gone through loss and you know society has this picture of loss of oh you know after a year you'll be fine and you'll just be able to go on and you know all this kind of stuff and that's um, well to be honest it's bullshit. So (laughs) it doesn't happen like that. And so here's my husband. He's been gone 20 years. We're having this um, 50th birthday party for my son-in-law. And then late at night, we were sitting there and my daughter plays this song that I used to listen to right after my husband died. And I go, okay, I can do this. I'm strong enough. I know I'm strong enough now to get through it without breaking down and crying and, you know, doing all I mean, it's been 20 years, right? And the next thing I know, I've got tears coming down my face and I'm going, no, turn it off because I can't listen to it. What people don't understand about grief, and it can be grief from a death in your family. It can be grief from a death of a job, a career, a location. I mean, grief is not just confined to losing somebody you love. It's losing anything in your life that meant something deep to you is that you will carry that with you your entire life. It just gets easier to get through the days. You can see the light at the end of the tunnel. And it's little steps that take us there, but something five years down the road or 10 years down the road can trigger that grief. Or you could be just watching a TV show and all of a sudden cry. You go, what the hell? Well, it's because it's bringing back all that, pain, you know, and that sorrow that you have that you've learned to get past. It was a really good reminder about how as human beings, we have such uh, inner power, inner resilience to make it through things, but it's still there, you know, and so part of what I try to work with people is they go, well, I should be okay by now, or I should be able to do this because everybody's telling me I should do that. And no, you do it at your own speed, who you are, not to what you're told to do by society. Um, One thing that I've learned about lately is emotional freedom technique with Mm -hmm. tapping. Are you familiar with this? Absolutely. Yeah. So even though there's, you know, bound to be, aftershocks to any kind of big loss in life or big grieving uh, situation in life, you can still even if those things are causing you to be stopping yourself and not able to continue forward on whatever, whatever path that you are intending, there are ways to bring 
some positive energy through your intention and through some uh -huh. simple actions like that emotional freedom technique. I really right. encourage people to look into that more. I've uh, been bringing it up a lot. It's something that probably I should do more actually, but you know, I don't find myself crippled by anxiety or grief. I have had a charmed life where very few <laughs> terrible things have happened to me, I guess. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Um, that's not my path, I guess, to go that route. Not that I haven't lost loved ones. And in fact, actually, this year has been a real mirror to me to the, the grief of the world at large mm -hmm. through the experience that I've uh, had with, you know, Haley, of course, my occasional co-host. She was with me back in our last episode and she's also my wife. And so I've, you know, joined into her family, but that meant, means there's more people that you know and more people that you'll lose also in a sense. Right. So what's gone on with us this year, actually in the space of one year, two of her close friends, like very close friends and two family members all died in the span of a year. Oh, wow. And, you know, you're a little bit familiar with those situations. And I don't need to go into it too much, but like, that's just exactly what you were talking about in the previous episode, the, uh, right. the WTF year. Right. Where it all hits at once. And, you know, that's something that she and I will have to face forever. The fact mm -hmm. that, you know, a year like this did happen and there's going to be reminders, but I'm, I'm happy to say that I've seen, a lot more positive um, interaction with her and with me and the memory of these uh, lost loved ones than super hor horrible grieving. And not to say, you know, I can't speak for her. Of course, I know that there's like a, a very deep pit inside of her for especially the loss of her, her cousin recently who was mm -hmm. very young. But, you know, like you were talking about, there have been experiences that have showing us that the door is still open between us and them and that we just include those people in our lives in a different way. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't have to be complete heart stopping devastation, you know, like right. I'm happy to say that she's doing, you know, well with all things considered and, you know, so am I, and there will be just more challenges like that as life comes at us. But being that we're kind of young, it's not something that we've dealt with all right. at once like that before. Right. No, and that that's that's a lot. That's a yeah. lot in one year to handle. But you know, you're right. EFT is excellent meditation. Um, I just found this great app called Calm that I. So I've been trying to like meditate more myself. Um, a lot of people journal, which is a good way to get um, your feelings out on paper. And little things like the year after, um, or a couple years after my husband died. I um, did ritual type things. So I would put out on his, uh, the day he died as a remembrance, I would just get some rosemary and a candle and you can get candles that will burn for 24 hours. And I would light that and let it burn all night long in memory. And so by putting, you know, special ritual things like that in place, it helps you to recognize and yet be able to kind of move on um, during Halloween or uh, Samhain, you can do a put out a plate, make their favorite meal and then put out a plate and have a plate of what they like to eat with you as you're eating. It's just another way of remembering because all saints stay in Samhain or when the spirits are closest to the earth, you know, and so it kind of like welcomes them. So there's little things that you can do to kind of help you and not feel that you have to close off your feelings 
And I think that's kind of what society does. They want you to just continue on. And And they really push that whole like sort of atheistic or materialistic, you know, after you die, it's just black, it's done. Right. That, type, that idea and if that's the case then that is really scary yeah. <laughs> actually and i know that that's not the case through plenty of direct personal experience of communicating with mm-hmm. you know others so it makes so much more sense to put that intention into a ritual like you're talking about because what it does is tells your subconscious mind and tells your conscious mind my choice about this matter is that i have accepted it right. and right. that i also also choose to keep my connection to this person open through this gesture, this little gesture of love. And that that's amazingly powerful. That's not something I'd really considered before in context of, you know, our family situations, but that's a great idea. I'm definitely going to bring that up uh, to Haley. Like what little things can we do? Because that's, you can kind of include people with you even after they're gone in your mind. And if you if you have your third eye open, I guess is the best way of putting it, and your heart open, and you aren't clouded by false belief that such a thing is impossible, mm-hmm. I truly know that you will see that person out of the corner of your eye sometimes, and you will Absolutely. hear their voice sometimes. And you know the 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 veil of matter is the illusion of separation. the The spirit is always joined together. That's just sort of a you know, a cold spirituality right. 101. And I think more and more people are finally realizing that. And it really helps maybe get our minds out of the fear box that keeps us in the controller culture that causes all the traumatizing, that creates all the fear, that right. creates all the creates all the trauma. It's like that vicious cycle, right? But <laughs> if we're truly not afraid of the death part of things, then there's really no reason to be, you know, let fear be the authority anymore. Right, right. And fear is huge. I mean, for fear is, is it's huge with people. And, and, and it's not just, I mean, it's always based on the fear of the unknown. And so when you look at in a spiritual aspect, it's like, you know, what's out there, you know, and I believe there's, an, there's something out there afterwards. You know, I, and I have to believe that. I have to believe that based on some of the things that I've seen. I have to believe that based on what my daughter has seen because she saw her dad after he died a couple times. You know, I have to believe when I talked to a hospice nurse and she said that she was an atheist until she became a hospice nurse and the stories that she and what she saw in that process totally turned her around. You know, there's just more to this world than people really comprehend. What do they say, Chance, about your brain that we only use like 10%? (laughs) You know, they do. There's like only a certain percentage that we use. So can you imagine what we could accomplish if we were actually, I hate to say it, but almost programmed to walk a certain path? Well, that doesn't work because that's kind of control, right? Right. Spiritual, true spiritual uh, growth involves freedom, which also involves the potential for chaos, which is where the unknown lies. And that's where people's fear comes in. And that's why they don't want to take responsibility for their own development, because Mm -hmm. if they have the false idea that someone else is responsible for them, then 
they don't have to handle dealing with that unknown. They can stay in their little known. But right. the, the unknown's coming. The unknown's always coming. <laughs> get, get away from yeah. that. No, you can't. We're always facing unknown every single day, unless we live in a bubble. And then we're not. But everything you do, if you want to grow as a human being, you have to be able to push yourself to get past that fear block that you have because the fear is the wall, you know, and the unknown is on the other side. But every single thing that we actually desire inside is on the other side of that fear. Yes. So doing podcasts are prime example. I was scared shitless to do a podcast. <laughs> But I actually enjoy talking to people. I I find it easier for me to chat with someone about my beliefs and what I want to do in the world than I do writing it down. It's just easier. It's that face-to-face conversation that in my era, we, that's what we did. You know, and it's different. Social media is a whole new world. And that's a huge fear factor for a lot of people because it's different. It's... Um, so easy to write words that maybe you don't fully believe, right? Because people, that's all they read. They don't see your face. But if you're doing podcasts, I'm looking you in the eyes and I go, I can't light a chance. You know, I can't make it. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's, it's different when you're talking and you're facing somebody. So to do personal development, you've really got to be able to go, okay, I can do this, but I only need to do it a little bit at a time. I don't have to bite off everything at one time. I just need to do one step a day. I've worked with clients that way, and they'll go, I can't get this done, Lynn. I'm scared. And it's like, oh, look, let's break it down. Let's get a, a 30-day calendar out if we need to. And every single day, what can you do today to do what you want to do? What can you do tomorrow? Oh, well, then I can do that because your mind is this little. It's not this massive change that you want to do. Yeah, and I'm familiar with, uh, I think that that actually handle, helps people handle OCD thoughts as well because mm-hmm. whenever you plan out things like that, you give your unconscious mind something to focus on and that's the kind of thoughts that will come up in your head that mm-hmm. next day instead of your instead of as much of the bad conditioning thoughts or the OCD thoughts you'll have. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was going to write in my journal at this time today. Oh, I was going to meditate at this time today. Right. And you know, I'm far from perfect. Uh, I talk a lot about the, what people should do to get themselves out of, you know, mental slavery, but mm-hmm. I am left to my own devices. I will play video games all day. So <laughs> Not to be trusted in that sense yet either. You know, I'm really working on all of these same things as people. And I, I just hope people know that like these ideas really do help and take, take it a little bit at a time, like you just said, and think how can today be a little bit more close to the ideal day for me than right. yesterday was, what would right. that day look like? Make a list of what all the like all the things that you would potentially do in your best possible day. Mm-hmm. What you would do if it was your last day to live, or if part of your last week to live. Maybe not last single day because you would have to go tell a lot of people goodbye and stuff. But right. you know, short time left to live. You got to get your bucket list checked off, and you don't need to think about like that you're going to have a short life. But 
imagine if people who knew they're going to have a short life for, for whatever reason had that uh, awareness sooner, what would they really do? You know, I self included. After my husband died, my brother who had been working for um, an architect firm said, what in the hell am I waiting for? And so he had been trying to do like a side business, his own architect company and, you know, and that, and he said, I'm done, you know, because he saw my, I mean, Bruce, when he died, he wasn't even 50. And so it's like, the time is now, you know, if, but people go, I don't have the courage. Yeah, you do have the courage. You just don't have the mechanisms or the tools that you need to help you get because everything that you have that you need to change your life is inside of you right now. It's just finding the why could be the mo- that motivating factor. It could be finding the tools <clears throat> to put an action plan in place, finding a person to talk to that can help you break it down, you know, so that you know how to do it. And the other part of it is, is that all of us are on this path. And what we don't realize is that we'll look at things and we'll go, oh my God, I've got so far to go. There is no way I'm going to reach that end goal or that end vision. And it's like, stop looking at that. Look at how far you've come in your life. Don't look at, oh my God, I've got, you know, miles and miles to go before I sleep in that a poem by Robert Frost. (laughs) But you've already come miles in your life. And most importantly, where are you right now? Because right now there's A, B, and C that you could do that would help your immediate life situation or help somebody around you and they're asking for it or they clearly need it. Right. And you have... A lot of choice. There's A, B, and C. Like I said, <laughs> you don't. If A looks too big to tackle, then do C. Go brush your teeth. Like right. just start, start small. Literally start small. Right. Whatever, like anything that is considered taking care of yourself in a and is a positive thing to do. Add incorporate that thing into your life one day at a time, one week at a right. time, whatever. But if you're if you have this idea that you aren't creative and this thing mm-hmm. that you want to get that you really like you can never do because the people that do it are already so much better than you. And there's just not even a place for you in, in you know, creating 3d art or something like that, just right. for a, a random example. That's not actually true. All, and you actually have a really short path between where you are now and actually making super cool stuff. You just need the tools and you need right. to spend time with them. And then once you do that, you will be, having the greatest ideas you've ever had, but only until you are actually trying to have an idea on a regular basis. And once you're in that flow of like, even if it's 15 minutes a day, because you don't have more time than that, if you give yourself that pattern, it will carve out a new neural pathway Mm -hmm. that gives your unconscious mind all this fun new stuff to process because your unconscious mind is so powerful. Oh, okay, just to back up, you get you process something like four million bits of information in your unconscious mind a second, and your conscious mind only four thousand. So I'll, I'll let you know. Most of the time, that unconscious mind isn't doing anything with its power, like you were saying, ten yeah. percent. And I'm not talking about the brain, though. That's actually something I kind of even meant to go over. Is that like it's actually people's brains being junked up that's causing them to not have more than ten percent of their mind <laughs> with video games. No. <laughs> With, uh, with, with with that, with lots of stuff, but like, well, okay, I'll actually expand on that and then go back. But your, 
your brain is a filter for your consciousness. It's not the thing that's generating it. So what happens when filters get dirty, the thing that's supposed to come through, it doesn't come through it very well. And your actual, your other organs are also centers of consciousness, different aspects of your consciousness. And you also need to clean those filters too, if you want to have a higher degree of consciousness. So that being said, if you are in your groove of doing something with your, whatever your creative pursuit is every day, you'll A, build skill at it more rapidly than you think. And B, you'll actually start having ideas spontaneously because you let that unconscious mind that's so powerful actually start processing and coming up with ideas in the time that you're not working on the stuff. And it will happen. You'll be amazed. Yeah. No, that, and I think to your point, we'll just use the, the art that art is a self-expression, number one. Number two, every single one of us are individuals and unique in what gifts we have, who we are, how we bring our message to the world. There are going to be a group of people that are going to gravitate towards me because of who I am. There's going to be people that gravitate towards you because of who you are. So if we take your podcast, which is a creative endeavor, you're going to have your own listeners. But what if you had said, oh, my God, I can't do a podcast because look at all those famous people out there that are doing podcasts. Well, by doing that, by limiting yourself because you're comparing yourself to other people, you are, uh, what's the word I want? You are depriving the people that want to get to know Chance, that need to get to know Chance and his message because they're there. Does that make sense? And so if we don't do what is so uniquely our own gift to the world, all those people we're supposed to touch aren't going to get it. You know, it's like I, to, I said this one day on a, one of my Facebook lives, and it's like, well, all of us are pieces of the puzzle of life. And if we don't show up, we're not going to fill in that piece. We're going to be that missing piece. And there's this big hole in the, in the the jigsaw puzzle of life because we held ourselves back. And so it's um, so important for all of us to understand that to get past the garbage that it comes into our head from all the outward, you know, influences, the media and all that kind of stuff and understand how special we are and that we're here for a reason. I mean, there's no one else like you, Chance, in the entire world out of 7 billion people. Yeah, that goes to the listener, too. And that's what we were talking about at the beginning, that we really need you to be doing this exact type of thing and not necessarily a podcast. Maybe you write. Maybe you make music. Whatever it is, if it's coming from your heart and inspired by uh, unity, consciousness, and Mm -hmm. the source of your being, then it's going to be something that... touches people when and where it needs to and how it needs to. Right. Absolutely. And I really, really honestly believe that. I, I read okay, but it was about seeing in our lives. Oh, we and just so, had a bit of a cutout. Would you repeat that? Oh, actually, we're getting unstable. Might have to restart this call. Oh, you're unfrozen. Oh. Yep, oh, we can okay. fix that in editing. <laughs> Good. Anyway, you just had a, uh, did you have a podcast on synchronicity? Oh, I talk about it quite a lot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So this book said, basically, if you go back through your life and you, you'll you see that there's been chance 
or things that have happened that have brought you to another point in your life. So I sat down one day and I did that. And even the challenges. And it was like, wow, he's right. Everything that has happened to my life has brought me to that day where I was at in my life on that day. And I can go back now and look at it and go through the whole path and go, yeah, it's brought me here today. And I'm talking to you. It was synchronicity to sit next to you guys on the airplane. On the way to Phoenix. On the way to Phoenix. Yeah. You know, out of everyone that got on that plane, it was you and Haley. And we connected. And there's a reason why we connected. This uh, person I was telling you about earlier in the podcast that I was talking to yesterday, there was a reason why we connected, you know, because we're able to give each other the support right now that we need in our lives because everybody needs support. I'm not, I'm not perfect. I have my bad days. I'm still learning myself. I'm 67 and I'm still learning life. It's just yeah. time further along. <laughs> and back to the point about, you know, that the whole sort of mindset that there's no point to starting up what you're doing because there's so many people out there that are good that are doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If I had that idea with podcasting, I definitely would have never started. I actually right. did have that idea for a while until I came up with the idea for this show, whatever it is. But <laughs> actually the idea for this show is, you know, that message of get yourself started, get your creative expression into the world because that's what's going to heal the planet. Right. And I actually didn't really find it out there when I started looking for it. So I, that's when I knew like, okay, this is the thing because whatever you can do uniquely, that's your expression. That is definitely what's going to have the quality of standing out regardless of how many other people are out there doing a thing. I mean, mm-hmm. there's, how many people are on the internet? Like billions of people oh, at this right. point, for sure. So right. how many people do you actually need to like your thing and support your thing to be enough to support you in your, your life path? You mm-hmm. know, right. what, what percentage, what fraction of a percentage uh, of all the people who are online is that? Right. So if that question, if that's your question, all you have to do to answer it is put it out there and make it findable by those terms. And right. then those people that are interested in it over the course of time, it'll take years, but the, enough of them are going to find you. Mm-hmm. If you're being your authentic self, you'll attract people that are looking for that. And they are out there. And that also goes for, you know, friendships and, and life partners too. As soon as you stop with the pretense that you need to find a certain person that's a certain way mm-hmm. and and don't get me wrong. If you really try to do that, you can. I mean, I've, I've known people to even like do magical ceremony to try to increase the probability of meeting somebody with certain qualities and it actually worked. And, and well, yeah, but that didn't, the relationship still didn't work out. And that's because in my opinion is because they were, you know, they were seeking uh, they were attached to a certain type of person and instead of looking for an authentic uh, sort of whatever matched their personal energy, if that makes right. sense. No, you it know? does. Yeah. It's kind of like you're attached to the outcome. If you're attached to the outcome, it's not necessarily going to mean that you're going to get the outcome. And if you, if you love someone for certain qualities, then that's not unconditional love. And when they express right. other parts of themselves, it's going to be very difficult for you right. because you didn't ever even have the foundation of unconditional love. Right. Right. 
<laughs> Don't go fooling around with ceremonial magic to get yourself a girlfriend. <laughs> it doesn't work. I mean, or do, I but you'll, you know, go ahead, right. do what you want. But right. I yeah. mean, yeah, yeah, totally. That's interesting. Yeah, I had not. I've known people that have list, made out lists of qualities that they want. And one of them was a client, a former client, and it worked. She, but they have a really good, strong relationship, but not all the qualities that she wanted ended up, but there was enough of them that, that she met this person. But I think there's a middle um, ground, you know, like you can definitely use your power of uh, intention to attract Mm -hmm. certain things, but as long as, yeah, it's not an attachment based thing and you actually, you know, there is nothing wrong with wanting to seek a virtuous and like, you know, a truthful partner. That's a great right. thing to seek. So it's just about knowing that you have to put that energy out there through your own actions and through your own um, intentions before that's what you'll find as well. So, right. You know, and that goes for that goes for pretty much anything. Somebody um, had made a comment to me this last week about why do these things keep happening to me? And it's like the, you know, you brought it up, the energy, that positive negative energy. And so if you are in a negative place in your life, you actually, in a sense, call more negative to you. So it's like, you have to take the power of your mind and you've got to start looking at things in a positive manner with gratitude so that you can change that flow. So that you start attracting the positive to you. And it's, it's like um, I can look at certain people that I've known in my life that um, constantly have the wrong kinds of people being attracted to them. And it's because of the place that they're in in their own personal life that they're and I'm not saying they're deliberately like calling a phone number and calling up, OK, come to me, you know, not that way, but. Until you change your mindset, you don't, you don't get what you, you know, and so then you blame, you blame. Well, it's never going to happen for me. Look, it happens to everybody else. Poor pitiful pearl me, you know, that kind of thing. Instead of going, how can I change my own thoughts? How can I catch and stop those negative thoughts? Instead of saying, I am never going to have something, I am going to have it. You know, it's just that. Um, That's totally key what you said there. It's about the awareness of it when it comes in. It's not that you can stop it from happening. It's about when it comes in, you go, oh, I am not actually a piece of shit loser. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Why did you think that? That was really mean. (laughs) Or but whatever, laugh about it. That actually helps a lot to laugh about it. It diffuses it. But one, one thing that I like to clarify with people when we get on this subject is that Looking at the negative does not attract it. It is the mindset of fear that attracts it. Right. So you actually have to look at the negative to solve it. You can't mm-hmm. shy away from it. And that goes for, you know, anything. If you're like, if your dog takes a crap on your carpet, you have to look at that and deal with it. You, otherwise it will, you know, it will continue to sit there and be a piece of poop on the carpet. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, it won't no, I would, attract yeah. the dog doing it more if you clean it up. Right. No, you no, know, no. I agree that I was talking more in the sense of you're up here. Oh yeah. I I knew you were. Yeah. Not, um, you can take, yeah. I mean, you don't call a dog to to shit on your carpet. I mean, that's your, (laughs) you've got to train them not to do that. 
just as you have to train your mind to not look at circumstance. I read this great book on fixed and growth mindset. And the, the key between the two is a fixed mindset will have a situation. Can be the, it'll be the same situation that is with the growth mindset. But they look at it that, you know, it does. It always happens to me. Or, you know, I screwed up. All that negative self-talk. And they don't think about what they can do to change where a growth mindset would look at the same situation and go, okay, I didn't make it. What can I do to change it? So next time I can. Mm-hmm. So I won't use, I tell my clients that they need to eliminate the word failure from their vocabulary because there is no failure. You try something and it doesn't work. So what did that teach you? that you can take and apply to the next time. So yeah, the only failure is really the lack of effort itself. Right. So right. That would be a failure because then you never find out what you're capable of. Right. And I, back to the, you know, what we were just saying about the, the kind of incorrect idea that some people get with the law of attraction that right. looking at negative things will draw more of it in. I guess the main place that I really encounter that as a problem is when looking at trying to explain to people some of the, really ridiculous dark occultism and mind control that exists in our culture that has really been what's poisoned the what, the consciousness well if mm-hmm. if you ask me really interfered with people in a way that wasn't the natural course of normal hardships that life is already pre-programmed to give us and you know you can't like some people will say they don't want to look into um conspiracy theories because that will then create more of that stuff in the world. And not a lot of people say that, but I have heard that type of mindset. Uh And again, it's whenever we look at those things and talk about them from a place of truth and honesty, that's what solves those problems because the more people that are aware of whatever the situation is and have a positive perspective and intent about it, the more that 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 meme spreads to anybody that's actually involved with whatever the situation is and makes them more likely to, do the right thing as well. Right. And I mean, and that goes for, there've been plenty of uh, experiments that show that like groups of meditators can reduce crime rates in an area with that intention, meditating on that intention, or even mm-hmm. weirdly enough, I've heard stuff about wars being basically ended that were be, like stuck in stalemate because meditators put their minds to it. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's, I don't know about that. Maybe we don't need to be doing that, trying to control outcomes, but maybe we should be. I mean, it doesn't take that large of a group of people to have an influence on areas. I'd really like to see people start forming like eight person groups that get together once a month and have some sort of intentional meditation or session to in some way help expand the the higher unity consciousness signal in, in their region, because that could be, you, you never know how many lives that can affect. You, you wake up right. one person to the fact that they're a teacher that is, and a healer, and mm-hmm. that person is going to have fulfill their destiny to wake up 50, 100, 1,000 people. Right, right. No, I agree. I, I think listening to you talk, I think conversation and communication are key. And I think that not, I don't want to get into the whole political thing or anything, but just current situations in the world, if there was actual face-to-face conversations about 
why people are afraid of one thing and why they're afraid of another thing. If they can sit down at a table and talk, then there builds understanding. If you can build understanding, you can find a solution or common ground because there is common ground with everybody, you know, and it's, it's communication is just, it's, and not just communication, but conversation of a real in-depth conversation so that those fears can be dispelled. So people can understand what chance feels and thinks what Linda thinks, you know, and how can we meet in the middle? That's, in this day and age, it's harder to do, I think. Yeah, we're being separated from that through our supposed convenience of technology. Right. But actually, the technology isn't what's causing the separation. It's people's uh, mindset and addiction to, I guess, like short little bits of rapid fire entertainment with a short, not a long attention span. You know, Mm -hmm. myself included, I have plenty of pointless phone apps that I get Mm -hmm. time wasted on. So (laughs) (laughs) it's sucked into all. Yeah. I I remember um, this been, I don't know, 15, 20 years ago, I was talking to a high school teacher that worked at the bookstore I was working, uh, running at the time. And she was telling me how back then, and look where we're at now with technology, then they were noticing the attention span in, in children was getting shorter and shorter and shorter because things are so fast paced and boom, boom, boom. And you know, there's not, everything is through the computer or a video game or, I mean, it's like amazing. You can have, get one of those Amazon echoes now and you can ask a question and it'll respond. Yeah. And the whole, you know, communicating via text is, it's not that it's not an effective way to communicate because in some instances it really is a superior way to communicate for mm-hmm. certain types of communication. Right. But having this type of face-to-face conversation like we're having, that is the most effective way to bring truth out because, right. and even in uh, ancient mystery traditions, wisdom societies that, you know, like the Eleusian mysteries and the Druidic uh, traditions, the Egyptian mysteries, all of these things were actually passed on in an oral tradition. Mm-hmm. And in fact, one of the occult ideas about the truth is that it can only be, exist in speech and in action. It actually can't be written down mm-hmm. because anything that is put into symbolic language is subject to an incorrect interpretation. Mm-hmm. But whenever you speak, the energy of your intention is carried in the context of what you're talking about. And you are able to clarify if the person does not understand. And so truth can be transmitted through speech and you can really win people over, even if it requires planting seeds and walking away. You can help people come out of such judgmental and fear based mindsets. You wouldn't believe it. Like I just I wish I could remember the guy's name because it's such a cool story. But I, I just heard about this story of uh African-American guy in, I believe this occurred in the 60s or maybe 70s, but who personally befriended members of the uh, KKK. And because he became their friend, he got dozens or maybe even like over a hundred people to leave the Klan. Because wow. now they know an African-American guy and he's like, no, totally cool guy. And there's friend. And they're like, well, I don't know about these robes. So, <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. I mean, it's like, that's why going back to this whole how we started our conversation is speech talking to someone face to face is so powerful and it's 
so much more powerful. I mean, the written word is powerful. I love to read. I've been a reader my entire life since I could read. But communication, really communicating, really having a conversation, I really believe has to be this way. And so, like, you know, I, I love talking to people because I can see their face. So by seeing their face, I can read their inspect their expression. And that's how I can tell there's more going on than what they're telling me. There's something deeper or, you know, they're confused because they, you can see it in their face. And, and you don't even necessarily recognize what you're seeing there, but your right. unconscious mind with all that power that we talked about mm-hmm. can pick up on all these clues and give you right. what you have come across as intuition. Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. And our intuition is really limited by um, technological distance in some cases. Now, right. in our conversation here, I think we have enough of a sort of non-local quantum connection, if you will, that (laughs) we have all of that coming through. And that's a cool thing because podcasts are actually able to then transmit that very energy directly to the listener. Right. Yeah. It's like, that's why I do it. It's my favorite. (laughs) Yeah, no, I know. And that's, I was talking to someone and, and it's like, if I had my choice of how do I reach my audience, I'd rather do this than write five blogs. You know, because to me, it's like I can talk to someone and I can answer their questions or we can have a conversation and I can respond with my thoughts or what I do. And it's going to reach more people because they can see me, they can hear my voice. And even your voice has power in it, you know, when you're speaking. Um, One of the other reasons why the the occult traditions considered that the truth can only be spoken as part of the power of the voice is that when you speak the truth, it actually creates change, vibrational influence on the external world. And it's the only way that you can do it actually, because whenever you try to act or speak in a way that's untrue, you will be physically stopped in some capacity, you know, like you try to, you get the calculation wrong for your Uh spaceship and it's not going to take off. I don't know how else to describe it. You know, you have to have, everything has to be right. That's why the word right and true actually mean the same thing, right Mm -hmm. and correct or right and true, morally correct. And, uh, like, I guess just in a mathematical sense, correct. Those are actually meant to be the same concept. And one of the ways the language has gotten people duped in the sort of controller culture is to separate the idea of moral rightness from correctness or truth. (laughs) And actually, and then people think that there is therefore really no such thing as moral truth or objective morality because everyone does get to make it up for themselves after all. And it's all relative. Mm -hmm. And, then that gets people into a whole bunch of trouble because there's obviously things that are objective truths morally. And, you know, there are things that are gray areas, I suppose, but it's pretty obvious that if you're doing harm to another, that's objectively wrong, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. No, I, I, yeah, totally agree with that. I mean, I think this, um, I was reading this one book and, and she was talking about speaking and how you can have a motivational speaker in front of an audience and 
they'll get the people, and I've been to conferences that do this, they'll get you all pumped up and you're all excited and you're going to go, bam, bam, I'm going to go back to work and I'm really just going to really knock them dead, right? But you take that with you and it stops. You don't carry it through because it's just a momentary, which is what our culture is, like these instant gratification, instant moment of, but if you tell your story, if you share part of your life where it hits inside that person that's listening, that's where the power is. Your inner truth, what you've been through, your struggles, your down moments, your, you know, your pain, your sorrow, that's going to connect in a deeper level that's going to carry that person forward, if that makes sense. Stay with them. Completely. It- have you seen the movie Fight Club? It's a little I, I've heard. I don't know if I've seen it. I've heard of it. I think my daughter's watched it. Well, the anecdote that I was about to share is not relevant, but he in the movie, the main character at one point comments on the fact that on an airplane, everything is, and in America in general, everything is uh, single serving, disposable, including. Okay. And so on the on the airplane, whoever you're sitting next to is your single serving friend. And and I really like how we broke that mold. And it's because of the fact that we shared our truths with one another while we sat there. And that is what forged a bond between us. And what I find to be more remarkable about it, uh, now that I'm really thinking about it, is the fact that, you know, like if you're open and your heart is open and you just are there with people that you're with, that type of thing comes out in the most natural way. You wouldn't imagine that you could just sit down next to somebody on an airplane and be like, yeah, my husband died 20 years ago. It really threw my life for a loop, yada, yada, yada. You know, but somehow in a very natural flow that doesn't, there's like nothing forced about it or odd about it. Those type of things tend to always come out whenever people are conversing with their hearts open. And Mm -hmm. even if they just met, I I experience it all the time. Like I'll just meet someone and then find out whatever the most difficult thing they're facing is. It just will come out. And usually it's just like this natural, it's just a natural part of who we are. And it's not Mm -hmm. that we should identify with um, pain or with grief or things like that, but in sharing when it's the appropriate time to share, I should say, and not just constant, like not identifying as that, but you know, you're not just always going around saying like, I'm, I'm a victim of this. You know what I mean? No, I think it's connecting on a heart level. Yeah. And that's when it comes out because yeah. then you both kind of share what a, a recent guest calls a sacred wound. There's mm-hmm. a, a sacred wound in all of us that, we can, that's the source of our power. And it's also our source of being able to heal others and help them connect to their power. And it's the, oh, same, like that. Yeah. the same thing. And all of us just came in different experiences form wise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that. And I think I do. I agree with that. I think that there's, if you're authentic, if you're coming from a place of your heart, not from a place of superficial being, then you have a true connection. So like when I heard about Haley's cousin, um, I started crying because I think we've connected on a deeper level than just a casual conversation on the airplane. And so it was like, I felt the pain of these two dear people that I met, you know, and I don't know that that's prevalent one day, I hope it will be prevalent in society, 
but there's so much superficial rush, rush, rush. I don't have time anymore to connect. They don't take the moments, you know, when they meet somebody and really look at them and let's, let's talk heart to heart versus, I don't know, in a sense, ego to ego. Maybe is another way of putting it. Yeah, for sure. I think the difference is, connecting on the inside level versus the outside level. Right. The egos are what bump into each other in the physical world, but in right. the, the inner world of the heart and the mind, the, those two things are, are one between yeah. us. And yeah. like literally this, the feeling of I-ness and self that you carry and the heart that is within you, the source of your feeling and caring is literally the same exact thing for all of, for everyone else that is connected to it. And so even whenever you are there for somebody else, you see their pain and you share in the expression of their sorrow or whatever you, you know, or you hear about the horrible tragedy and it actually brings tears to your eyes and you send out a message that you care and that you, your condolences like you did, which was very, very thoughtful. And it was, it did help, you know, all those little things do help mm-hmm. all, all of those things literally do help because by going and processing that feeling and being with it and burning it away through the light and fire of your presence with it and your compassion with it, that lessens the heaviness of it on that other person. Probably mm-hmm. even on a, like a literal, literal metaphysical way, like even if they don't know that you cried for them, it probably still takes away a little of the edge, mm-hmm. I would think. I mean, it's one of those non-provable spirit science things, but right. it's all one on that inner level. So it only makes sense that it would be the, literally the same chunk of emotional right. pain to be worked on by all of us. Right. Well, and we are all one, you know, we all are one big family. I mean, I really believe that. I mean, genetically, if you go back, I think there's only like X amount of tribes that started everybody. So it's like, you know, we're all connected, you know, and it's just, it's so important that that message get out there, that we start healing the planet with everything that's going on, you know, that we really start healing the planet and healing all these things that are got people so out of sync. Uh, Linda, we've had a lot of fun. I think I'm ready to see about wrapping things up here. Okay. I wanted to know if you wanted to throw out any ways of being contacted by the listeners or any materials that you wanted to promote or any last words of encouragement that you might have for us? Well, they can find me on all social media channels. I have a Facebook business page, Linda M. Clay Biz, B-I-Z, at the end. Um, I do have a Facebook group, Capture Your Passion. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram, Pinterest, all those wonderful places. And, you know, the only thing that I want them to know is A, they can do it no matter what it is that they want to do. If, they're, if they've got something that's a passion, that they have something that they have a burning desire because they have a why they want to share, they can do it. If they need help, I'm available. Just, you know, pop me a line through my Facebook or wherever and I'm here. That's my mission. My mission is to help people create a life they want. Beautiful. I think that we have very similar missions. Sounds like yes. you and a bunch of other people that I've had on the show. <laughs> Good. So I think that means there's got to be plenty of others that are not, not joining us in these conversations live, but they are resonating within and ready to go right. out there and help create more teachers by, you know, teaching that which they need to learn most, which is yes. finding that place of balance between, you know, your, your intentions and your actions and right. <laughs> your, your present moment and your future 
dreams and all of that. Like we, we've all got a long way to go, but there's, it's not, that's not a negative thing because oh. there's an infinite path ahead of us. That's the beauty of life is that it's a right. endless journey towards an ever closer state of union between ourselves and who, who and what we truly are and answering that question once and for all. And I think by becoming the healers and teachers that we're meant to be, we come a lot closer to answering that question for sure. Right. You know, and it just goes back. One last thing is it goes back to your comment about it doesn't everybody that you're in contact with, no matter how quickly just a smile could actually make, you know, it could change somebody's day. I mean, we don't know the stories behind people. We don't, when we're rushing through things and we're buying our Christmas presents or we're in a long line at the grocery store, we don't know what that person next to us is going through. But sometimes you just need to smile at them and that right there can change instantaneously how they're feeling. So the more we can do that, the more positive energy we can put out into the world, the quicker the world's going to heal. Yeah, absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Well, this has been a great conversation, yep. guys. Okay. Everybody look in the episode notes for the links that Linda just mentioned. You wouldn't mind shooting me an email with some of those, would you? Nope, not at all. Great. I will do that. Well, all right, guys. Thanks for tuning in. We'll talk to you all next time. Well, guys, that's it for the free show. I really hope you liked my chat with Linda. And I want to let you know that if you are looking for an extension of this conversation, you can find it. Just head over to patreon.com forward slash interverse where you can subscribe and get a plethora of perks as a plus member to the podcast, including the extended version of this conversation where we get into talking about the consciousness aspects of epigenetics and stress and basically how the mind programs the body. We talk about getting over the fear of success and how we always get what we want in life in some form or another eventually. And it just requires us paying attention to notice that this has actually happened. Don't forget that there are links to what Linda is up to for her website, her Facebook. And through there, you can get in contact with her. You can see her writing and other materials that are there to help you out. I would love to see some cool success stories of some of you guys working with Linda on launching your own personal passions and projects. And I'd also like to see you guys join on Patreon to get the Interverse Plus subscription. So, you know, maybe I'm not pushing it as hard as I could. I don't know. I'm sure that you guys have got other shows that you listen to that are pushing a similar type of subscription protocol. And if you've never had a Plus membership to a podcast before, let me tell you, it's actually quite worth it. I love getting bonus content and early access to stuff and, all you know those insider perks with the shows that I'm into. So if you like this one, then why not make this the episode that you join plus? And remember, I'll even give you a free sample of an episode if you really don't want to pay me. I understand, you know, this is free content normally. So why would you want to start paying for something that was free? But you'll be getting double the episode length content. You'll be getting all kinds of stuff. So please consider it. Because I do this for free unless you pay me. And it's a lot of work. But I love doing it, so I'm going to keep doing it. And I've got a few great conversations already recorded and lined up to come your way in the next few weeks. So we'll stay in touch this December, and it's going to be a good one. I love you guys. Thanks for checking out the show. Remember, links to everything 
are in the show notes, including the music I've put in this episode, which is from the new album by the amazing Emancipator. So I guess that's all. Thanks for listening. I love ya. Now it's your turn to unleash your creative genius on the world. (laughs) But seriously, I'd love to see that. So do it. Okay, talk to you next week. Thank you.